0: And welcome back to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And on today's show, we're going to start with a deep dive, where we'll explore a big life topic that both of us have been thinking a lot about recently. This episode, it's a topic that's had a huge influence on both of our lives, Burning Man. And from there, we'll finish with our usual rapid-fire quick picks, sharing one thing we've each been recommending or obsessing over during the past month.
1: And for today's episode, we couldn't be more excited to have our longtime friend, a guy with a whole lot of feelings, Kareem Hamad, uh, on the show to join us for this conversation. Uh, Kareem is a friend of both of ours from... Way back in our college days at UCLA, uh, we were tour guides together, amongst many other things. Uh, he's one of the most energetic and talented dudes we know. Uh, professionally, he helps to run a creative advertising agency for filming TV, um, producers, producing trailers you've probably seen from movies like the new Blade Runner, Creed, 42, and a bunch of others. Um, in his free time, uh, you can find him on the ones and twos, doing a little DJing uh riding his bike around venice or just generally hanging out so uh kareem welcome to the show thanks for having me guys yeah it's pretty exciting yeah uh you know i heard you guys had a podcast (laughs) and i saw you at
2: burning man this year we had some fun and then uh yeah here i am
0: yeah playa magic just bringing us all together again (laughs) yeah how have you guys been oh man Uh, yeah pretty good I've, i've been good uh yeah Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty shitty. I've been sick this whole (laughs) week. And yeah, uh, I've just got my voice back just in time for the podcast, which I guess is another ply miracle right there. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I feel like being sick, it always reminds me when you're sick, you're just like desperate to do like whatever possible to just get better as, you know, as quickly as you can. And I was just trying a whole bunch of new stuff been swallowing colloidal silver and all sorts of echinacea zinc sprays <laughs> i take all that
1: have you ever <laughs> seen the amount of pills that jamie like vitamins that jamie supplements. takes every day no. supplements sorry supplements he's like how many are you up to jamie? oh dude
0: I, I mean so i have those pill containers that old people use you know <laughs> like that, that have monday through friday on them or whatever um i have three of those for each day and they're all filled to the brim i need bigger ones actually Oh, wow. So. There's
1: like – you're in double digits, right? Oh, like yeah. Like multiple definitely. times a day, double oh, digits.
0: And he can – it's this
1: amazing thing. It's like a talent show skill. He can do them all at once. Oh, so he does <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> I think
0: it's, I cap out um, at
1: like two. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Like most normal <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah.
0: I mean it, it's an amazing thing. It's, it's like whatever you practice, you just get better at. And if you're taking supplements every day and you're taking vitamins or whatever, like you do that for a year or two, I mean – I could probably take like fifteen at once. I mean, you know, probably not recommended if if you're an amateur at this. You know, do not try without safety supervision. But um, but yeah, I can I can swallow a lot of capsules at once. Can you post <laughs> a video of this for us? Uh, oh yeah, yeah that that'll be a supplemental material for our podcast. Put, it's, it's like put the, the ice bucket notes. challenge or something, but. It's <laughs> like- with far more dangerous consequences. Please do not. I repeat, do not try <laughs> to, to swallow as many as you can.
1: Yeah, you've There's, put in. You've put in your ten thousand hours on pill <laughs> swallowing. So. Wasn't there a thing about
2: um, people trying to take a spoonful of cinnamon? And that was like a trend online.
1: Oh, is that is that it's like impossible. eating like, a salt, like oh, yeah. five saltines in a minute or right. something? It's like you you, you go on YouTube and
2: you just type in like cinnamon, you know, swallow or whatever. And you cinnamon see all those people attempt yeah. to do it and they just gag and cough and lose and it. And just nobody has ever done it in the history no. of mankind. No, you don't have yeah. enough saliva in your mouth to process
0: all that. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Stuff. You're just like coughing up a storm. It's crazy. <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll release a video of Kareem doing that as part of our supplemental. Yeah, yeah that'll really get some buzzer on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> for mem- VIP members only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get right to it, shall we? Um, to kick things off today, we actually asked a few friends and fellow Burners about their recent Burning Man experience, and, and we asked them to share with us, you know, what their last Burning Man was like.
1: Burning Man. Burning
0: Man? Burning Man was magical, amazing. Intense, beautiful, and sad, and exhilarating. A surprisingly sacred, spiritual, and moving, alternative,
2: deep space universe. Really the whole spectrum of human emotions. Burning Man was a party-pooper-free zone. Burning Man was really fucking hot. It
1: was just this playground where so many things were going on, and at times it was overwhelming. I think even if you come with the highest expectations, Expectation, you will not be disappointed
0: burning man gave me a sense of belonging that at the end of the day filled my heart and made me really happy so yeah I, w- I would say that that gives a just a tiny taste of what burning man is um and i'm sure a lot of you listening have been before and i'm sure a lot of you have never been so i guess it just makes sense to start with a simple but important question what is burning man Oh, man. Who
2: who wants to start? <laughs> it's a week-long uh, festival in the desert where there are 10 principles that people follow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Principles like radical inclusion, gifting, radical self-expression.
1: Yeah. And I think that an interesting thing about the, this 10 principles reminds me of is like it's a place that has a very specific culture. I mean, it's really a city that has a very specific culture, right? So I think this year, I think it was like 75, maybe 76,000 people. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, it becomes the second largest city in Nevada um, every year at while it exists for a week. So it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's just in a dry lakebed desert. and so it goes from a population of zero to a population of 76,000, this incredibly vibrant rich city that, that actually takes those 10 principles pretty seriously uh, by and large in my opinion. And then after a week, it just goes back to population zero. Everything just disappears. Yeah, yeah, minus the cleanup crew. And
0: yeah, 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 yeah For yeah. a
2: month, you know. Yeah,
0: and it's a festival that's not that's not put on by you know like a Burning Man production company or anything like that. It's not like going to Coachella where everything's provided for you by the company you know who's hosting it. It's a festival where you know seventy thousand people out in the desert for one week, and all those seventy thousand people are providing and contributing everything that you experience out there. And there's a lot you can experience out there. They really do. It does really form an entire city, um, a gigantic city where you can experience everything from a sushi restaurant, you know, deep in the middle of the desert to a jazz bar to finding coming across an angelic 150 person orchestra, you know, like there's any kind of experience that you can have out there. And it's a pretty wild place.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's all user generated. It's all like you're saying, everything that's there with with very, very few exceptions are things that just. Random ass people like the three of us, like invested time, energy, blood, sweat, tears to just build themselves and bring there just because they wanted to do it. Yeah. And I think everyone who goes to the burn uh, and definitely comes back
2: to the burn, they have a different definition of what Burning Man is for them and what they want it to be for other people. Um, I think we'll we'll probably get into more of that today. But I think that's what that's where there's a lot of tension. You know, as to what what is burning man, why are people going? what's their intent? Right. yeah, uh, I don't think that there's a universal as as much as the ten principles try and set the tone. I think we've noticed that you know some are followed better than others and and everyone goes for for yeah. different reasons and yeah. I would
0: say yeah. one of the biggest things about burning man is is the gifting culture. like you hear a lot of people talk about it and they're like, oh, is that the place where you go and you you barter for things um and there's no bartering system, um but it's a gifting culture where. People just out there, like it's part of the culture that you just like give to people, you know, whether that's giving people ice cream or a back rub or singing a song for someone or just any type of random crazy experience. Um, this year, you know, our theme camp that me and Gabe helped create, you know, created a tea house, uh, centered around emotional vulnerability and like, and gave free tea and, and, you know, awesome conversations to people just for free. And you just have 70,000 people all giving to each other like that. And it's a crazy social experiment that that can be pretty powerful and can be amazing and can be very difficult in a lot of ways as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the gifting culture is probably if I think back on like Burning Man with sort drew me in probably one of the two or three things that really left like the strongest impression on me, like my first time and, and beyond. It, it sets like a pretty amazing tone just to have like, yeah, just like. I don't know. I it, it's it's one of those things that like really influenced me. Like it's one of the things I most brought back from Burning Man. I think is is that.
2: And I think it's something. I mean, living in America or just in the Western world, like capitalism is such a big and consumerism is such a big part of our lives. So to go to a place where that's really not it, you're not advertised to, and things are free. I I think it's a it's the biggest game changer. That's why it's I think yeah, such yeah. a remarkable um, dynamic there. Oh wait! I don't. don't, You don't want anything in return. You're just going to give me this hot dog in the middle of the (laughs) desert, you know, for no reason. This vegan poutine, you know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm going
0: to compliment your light glove, and you're just going to take it off and give it to me. Like, it's so funny. But you're right. Like, I think in our in our capitalistic culture, like we are just so not used to that. It's just such. It's it's weird enough that it's shocking when you're out there, and and it can actually, I don't know, it can it can really be very eye opening. Um, but yeah, I mean, out there, there's just all sorts of experiences you can have, you know, and they can range from silly to spiritual to outlandish and crazy to introspective and quiet. And uh, there's just really the whole gamut of experiences.
1: My favorite memories from Burning Man, it's just generally the experience of biking around and exploring things and talking to new people and stumbling upon a booth that gave out bad advice and just getting bad advice or by grinding to a bocce ball court and playing bocce balls, and then going going and climbing on a jungle gym or swinging from some ropes it's just like the possibilities are endless
2: eating an ice cream cone in the middle of a scorching desert with your best friends was definitely one of the
1: highlights for me it was just the most delicious thing i'd ever eaten uh, yeah it was beautiful very simple but definitely left An impression on me
0: the first time I went with Gabe and Jamin two of my closest friends but you know it's funny is I never told them how much I love them and the first time I went
1: I think that's the first time I ever verbalized that to them and that's that's very special to me
2: getting to sit on top of the shipping containers during our Shabbat services. We're looking down at the group of people, and there's hundreds of people gathered around for the singing and praying. And a Muslim woman came up to share her prayer in Arabic. And it was incredibly powerful uh, to hear her kind of belt out these prayers and also really touching to see everybody's faces like crying and being so impacted by her. It was just really like emblematic to me of Burning Man kind of tearing down walls and defenses and getting to bring people together in a way that they normally would never get to
0: do. So yeah, do you guys have any any favorite memories of your own that come to mind from your Burning Man experiences. And and I'll just say, uh, how many burns have you guys all been to?
1: I think five for me. Also five. This was my fifth consecutive year. This would
0: have been my fifth, but I bailed last minute on Gabe and made him hold the entire (laughs) burden of our entire theme camp on his shoulders. But, uh, yeah. so Okay. So we have a collective like, 14 (laughs) years of experience. Under our belt. Um, Which, by the way, people, that's not much at all. You'll run into people out – out there who've been for 15, 20 years or more. Um, It's pretty wild. But yeah, are there, are there any experiences that kind of jump to your heads?
2: I think every, every year, like there's always like a couple of things that just pop out and they're, they're like when you least expect them. It's oftentimes a lot about who you're with, but I think this year, one of the, one of the biggest highlights for me, was just biking at sunset and, we heard this like Indian disco music coming out of this art car that was just cruising and, a, and it was like the most incredible. It was like angelic, exotic music. And it was full of all these, uh, the whole group was from San Francisco. The, the name of the art car was Raj Mahal. <laughs> and apparently they've been going for like 14 years. I, I'd never saw them. This is the first time I ever saw the art car. And then, and then above us, as the sun is setting, there's F-18s flying overhead. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: that was amazing. Doing,
2: yeah, just kind of showing off. Yeah. The, the military likes to throw the jets over, over, um, over the burn, over the playa, and that was a beautiful moment. We just sat there as the sun was setting for like two hours and just danced to all these like
1: uh, all this really exotic like Indian disco music. <laughs> That's uh, great. Yeah. Oh man, so many little moments like that. Yeah, just like little special, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, there's like obviously so many, um, I mean from last year, um, I, I have to mention like the wedding. So Sarah and I, um, my wife and I, uh, had a little Bernie man wedding the week before we had our regular world wedding, uh, that actually Jamin and like other friends has totally planned for us. And that was, that was one of the most like amazing, like euphoric experience of my life. I mean, that just like, it was a really, really amazing, special moment. Um, and the thing that pops out from this year uh, was actually the the temple burn. So there's a temple that's built every year at Burning Man, and then of course, like everything basically that's made out of wood, there it burns at some point. It burns on the very last night, and we had never stayed for that before, um, and stayed for it this year for the first time, like me and and a lot of our camp. And it was just like this amazing moment where for for an entire week, as you guys know, just like there's nonstop noise. I mean, just like it's never ending at any time—five 5.07 in the morning, 8.32 at night, at at any time. The play is just so alive and and loud. Mm -hmm. And then once there's probably 30 or 40,000 people gathered around this beautiful wooden temple and they have like torches and they walk up with the torches. And as soon as they touch the temple with the torch, all of a sudden, for the first time ever the entire week, the place just goes dead quiet and you just have like 40,000 people just sitting in complete silence watching this this beautiful structure burn that a lot of people have left memories in or sort of homages to loved ones that they've lost or had sort of the, sort of other emotional experiences and that was a really like powerful and beautiful experience i was really grateful to have this year yeah the temples a remarkable place
2: yeah i, yeah. I, I those are like the two just to jump off you know to any new listeners or anyone who's new to burning man the temple and the man are like and center camp but really the temple of the man i think are like the two most important places on the playa the man is what burns on saturday night
1: the temple burns on sunday night uh, and the man is sort of like the crazy party fireworks pyro celebratory. like celebratory yeah. and then the temple brings this like somberness and like heart and like spirit to the place oh yeah and it's 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 full of
2: postcards and letters to loved ones like you would mentioned yeah, yeah. It, it's it's i mean it's spiritual and it's religious for a lot of people yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The
0: temple is probably, I feel like one of the most spiritual places I've ever been to in my entire life. Like every year it's yeah. a different temple, right? Cause they, they burn it down at the end of each, each year. Um, but it's just always like throughout the week, it's just filled with people leaving notes to loved ones, um, memorials to people who have passed away. Um, this year, you know, we had, um, friends from our camp who brought ashes uh, of their brother to, to, yeah. To the temple and, and put it on the oh. altar. And it's just a place where you go and like you can just feel so much humanity and like emotion and and love and pain and suffering and all of that in just like one spot. It's it's an incredible experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just share a real quick an um, experience of my own. There's all these like crazy, really fun experiences that I could have talked about, but talking about the temple just made me think of a really quiet um, kind of a small experience, but I think this was two years ago. I remember I was like around the temple and I was like walking around and I was feeling really off and like feeling kind of lonely. And then I just come and like this dust storm just kicks up out of nowhere. And I couldn't see like a foot in front of me. I was just like covered in dust. And so I'm walking around just by myself, can't see anything. And I hear this woman sobbing. And so I just start walking in that direction. And after a few minutes, like I come across – This woman just like in military fatigues, just on the ground. And like, she's crying, like with her entire body, like just full Mm. on, like, yeah. And I didn't know what to do. And I just sat there and I just decided to just walk up to her and I just like put my arms around her and I just held her and she grabbed onto my arms and she started crying even harder. And we were just like that for, I don't even know how long, maybe another five, 10 minutes. And I just held on to her and then she kind of calmed down and then I just gave her a squeeze and then just walked away. And I don't think I ever saw her face. I don't think we ever said anything. We don't we never exchanged any words. Um but it was like this such this deeply human moment of connection that uh that still stays with me now. And um yeah, and it's something that I think you'll find all types of experiences at the burn, and especially and experiences like that as well, like really intimate and personal ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, that's a great one. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that to be found out. Human there. connection. Yeah. yeah, in in unexpected ways. Yeah, 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 Definitely. yeah always.
0: And and yeah, I mean, and I, and I think for a lot of people, like that is what they go to the burn for, right? Like a lot of people talk about the burn as a glorified rave in the desert, and yeah. I mean, <laughs> for a lot of people, like, I'm not going to lie. For a lot of us, like the, that, that part, like the fun, the exuberance, the excitement, um, is a huge part of it. But I think we also go there to, to feel something, to get touched, um, emotionally and, um, and also to transform. You know, I think, uh, a big part of Burning Man, you know, they call it a transformational festival. And I think a lot of us go there to, to learn more about ourselves, to experience something that'll change us and, and to come back just a little bit different than when we walked in.
1: One way that Burning Man has changed me substantially is it's made me a more open person and made me want to be more open. It's something that I've taken with me and has improved my life and my relationships a lot.
0: The experiences
1: that I had at Burning Man made me more present in everyday life. Uh, Burning Man is
2: a time of reflection and questioning for me. I somehow end up coming back with more resolutions than on New Year's.
1: Burning Man got me back in touch with my inner child and creativity um, and really cultivated this new desire to use my creativity to just make whatever I wanted to make in the world. Burning Man has taught me that we all have an inner child that seeks connection. That inner child wants a space to be free and vulnerable and playful and know that it's not the only one that feels that way.
2: Uh, one thing I learned from Burning Man was that you see all this creation and imagination and the silliness and you can't wait to do it all again next year. But I think after Burning Man, I realized that you don't have to wait. You know, that's just the state of mind that you could take 365
1: days a year. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, and would love to jump in with you guys here and talk a little bit um, about how Burning Man has actually changed each of us. Like, I don't know if we just want to share maybe one or two examples of ways that we've really become different people through through going to the burn a few times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll go for it real quick. Um, I'll just say, I don't think this podcast would be happening if me and Gabe hadn't gone to the burn. Um, our first year going, um, you know, we've actually been best friends since middle school. Um, but after college, I felt like we kind of drifted apart a little bit. I was going through stuff. Gabe was going through stuff, and at that point, we didn't know how to talk about our feelings, so we were just drifting <laughs> further and further. And and then uh, Gabe's boss, <laughs> this you know middle aged politician, was telling us about how he's been to the burn like ten times, and and we're like, what? You you go to this thing? And he started telling us more about it, and we were like, okay, we have to go check this out. And our first year going, I think. You know, people talk a lot about, you know, how how you can have a life-changing experience there. Um, I think a big part of having a life-changing experience is, like, you have to be in a place where you are, like, ready for, like, a big shift in your life. And I think both me and Gabe were at that place. And being out there, I think we kind of fell back in love with each other again. Like, our friendship kind of reached new emotional depths and also new communicative depths. Um, and we found, like, yeah, we just, like, opened up in totally different ways where, when we came back from the playa we we kept treating the default world which is what people call you know just the regular world um we kept treating the default world like we were still at burning man and and i when i look back i'm a little embarrassed cuz that meant that we dressed pretty crazy uh we acted pretty outlandish uh we were sitting in the middle of the the street <laughs> like at random places and and being goofy and silly um But I also look back with, like, a huge fondness because I feel like that was a huge turning point um, for me and and I'm sure for Gabe also in, like, kind of, like, getting in touch with, like, a freer, uh, maybe more childlike part of ourselves, uh, a deeper emotional depth. And it's something that we've just continued to build on over the years since then.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did all of that. I think uh, if I could – there's always like a gazillion little ways I've changed, but I think like that maybe some ways to summarize like the big ways is, is yeah, a lot of what you're getting at. I feel like it helped me discover like authenticity and what that actually meant, like experientially, like authenticity, like is one of those things you can talk about, but, but um, it's much harder to actually like experience. Um, and I think being in a place that has a culture that like is just pushing in my experience is pushing, more than any other culture I've ever encountered anywhere in like the world is pushing people to be their authentic selves, like really made a huge lasting impression on me and helped me like find this like sort of like inner honesty within myself um, and sort of like shed some of my layers in a way that, yeah, I, I wasn't even necessarily looking for and didn't know it was possible. I mean, just to give like one silly example, I, I remember a specific moment from the first burn. We were like, you know, so there's all these, like, art cars there. They're playing, like, loud dance music, especially at night, all over the place. And I remember this specific moment we were dancing at one of those art cars. And I realized, like, I was dancing, like, not to try to look cool or to dance, like, a certain, like, way because that's how you're supposed to dance. But I was just, like, dancing with just, like, whatever actually wanted to come out of me physically. And I it was, like... I always remember the specific moment because it was the first time that ever happened. Like i never in my life had I like, <laughs> really? Yeah. I just like, I was like, Oh, this feels really different. Why does this feel so different? Oh, I'm just like moving <laughs> the way that I feel inspired to move, yeah. not like doing some series of motions that like seems like what you're supposed <laughs> to be doing as you listen to this kind of music. So that's just like one little tiny, like encapsulation of like what, like how I think like the event and the place and the culture has helped like sort of pull a lot more authenticity out of me.
2: Well, it's a world with no constructs, right? So, like, you can be as vulnerable as you want to be. You can, you know, you can be as authentic as you want to be because you don't have these like social constructs that are kind of yeah. We don't even notice them here, right? Yeah. We, they're just. But it's a party. We go to work, you know. You go to the coffee shop wherever you're doing. There's you're not supposed to just say things. hi to
1: random strangers. You yeah. just sort of awkwardly look away in the elevator. Yeah.
2: And it varies depending on your geography in the world, right? Like, you know, New York's a little different than L. A. is a little different than you know, a small village in Mexico, but in the way people interact with each other, but in Burning Man, it's a reset button. Yeah. you Kind of just
1: do whatever you want. Yep. Yeah. Kareem, do you have any like, any like sort of particular ways that's most strongly changed you? Uh, my first burn was in 2013 Mm
2: -hmm. and actually you guys helped serve as a catalyst for me to go. I'd heard about it Mm -hmm. and I was at the stage of my life, similar to you guys where I was like, Oh, I want to do something different. And I think I had a, I had a good time at Coachella that year, and I I felt like a little bit of something, but I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a feeling of connectedness with, like, this large crowd of people that I hadn't felt before. And I felt that Burning Man, and based off of your guys' stories, you know, might I might find that there. Uh, when I got back from the first burn, though, I found I, like, questioned everything in my life. Mm. Like, all <laughs> of my friends, my job. <laughs> uh, my like where I lived what I wanted to do and it's it's not uncommon I get a lot yeah. of people come back from their first burn in there you know the, and it's a, it's a healthy reassessment of everything in your life because you go to this place I, I had so much fun my first year I also had like I kind of dove right into the deep end I like t- you know camped in a tent it was really hot that year I was I ended up in like a really big sound camp that plays music until 2pm so we b- didn't sleep yeah. um I think all of those things combined, plus in that was, there were a lot of real salient, uh, emotional moments and really fun moments out on the playa. But by the time I got back here, I just, you know, I was totally like scrambled and I had to re, I had to kind of put all the pieces back together. Um, uh, but it, I, I, it forced me to be more attentive and just more mindful in general in my life, uh, more vulnerable, emotionally mm. vulnerable. I, I think that male vulnerability is, I don't know if you guys have talked about it before, but like, I just don't find it. As On guys with feelings? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've noticed a lot of my uh, friends who have gone to the burn. Uh, that's something that's, you know, I, 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 at least anecdotally speaking, uh, I've noticed that change across all my friends who've gone to the burn. And specifically it, with men. Specifically with men. Yeah. It encourages yeah. uh, a little more openness with mm. respect to emotions. I think that that's a construct that in you know today's society, it's, okay for women to talk about but the moment it's you know the moment a guy opens up about his feelings he just might feel more uncomfortable i think that's changing i do think that like you know the social narrative is evolving a lot quicker um but but coming back from the burn that was something that i noticed changed in me yeah Um, i also just became a little more i mean ironically i work in advertising but i just like have eliminated advertising from (laughs) my (laughs) life since the, the, the decommodification principle really really hit home for me Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you know, I cut the cord. So I stopped watching cable. Yeah. I, I, my, I, I love sports, but I just stopped watching sports as yeah. much. Yeah. And I, I found myself just doing other things with my time. Um. And I, I love watching a foot a three hour football game, but it's just you know I just noticed that that's just like looking back. That's kind of where my interests have shifted away from. Yeah, and you were um, huge.
1: I mean, you like, like especially UCLA football and UCLA sports was a huge part of your life. Well, everyone, yeah, everyone like associated me with
2: that, you know, yeah. and, and for for a good four years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think I think Bernie Man's an opportunity to redefine yourself. And I every year I learn something new about myself, and I take it back home and try and try and you know, and it takes a while to to come to kind of process, and I end up applying it in some uh, constructive way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dude. That that um yeah, the point about like male emotional vulnerability really really hits home for me for sure. I think that's like a lot of what I was trying to get out with the authenticity yeah.
0: piece. Same here. I mean that I think that was what I was talking about also with like our friendship yeah. getting rekindled, right, Gabe? Yeah. was like in some ways we just learned how to just talk and share what we were both feeling and didn't didn't know how to express, which Looking back, like, it's crazy to me now, but back then we, di- we didn't have the tools. We didn't have the language for it. And then suddenly we're in this place where that's more than okay. That's normal. Yeah. People just share what's happening. And if you're crying, like, that's just as normal and okay as if you're ecstatic and dancing and bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Um, and I think in living in a normal culture where, like – you know, everything is so compartmentalized, like especially like negative, quote unquote, negative feelings and emotions like we have to we have to hide those. We can't we have to make sure no one sees that, you know, um, and then you go to a place like Burning Man and, you know, you'll you'll come across people like crying. You'll come across all sorts of emotions and it's, it's just all free out there. And I think man, there's something really powerful about seeing that and getting that modeled for you, you know, like in real time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because where else do you get that model? I mean, there are spaces like but but. I think for most of us there aren't enough spaces that we can find in our daily lives or where- and it's definitely not in the mainstream media I mean you know yeah. most people yeah. are watching
2: some form of TV or subscribing to some content and you know unless you're following something online that like guys with feelings podcast <laughs> uh, you're, you're not <laughs> uh, you' you're not there, there I just don't think there's enough
1: out there uh encouraging uh, encouraging that Yeah, I totally agree. And it's interesting. So, like, one, to riff a little bit off the idea of of individual transformation, I mean, I feel like my first few years, that was, especially after I got so much individual transformation in my first year, like, that's really, I kept going back, like, looking for that. And, you know, and I I found a lot of it. It's never, you know, the future years are never quite like the first year. And no two years are are totally alike ever. But um, I think, like, I, I used to go more for the individual transformation, but, I actually noticed this year really strongly um, this past burn that really like most of the joy for me and most of the reason for being there was really about more about like community building and like helping to like bring like new people like into that experience, like help them have like a great like first experience and like help support like any of their like individual, like personal growth or transformation. And also like, it's a great way to just bring people closer together just cause you get to like, click and communicate on just like everything out there is sort of automatically at a a deeper level, I think um, by and large than sort of your interactions would be just like in the regular world. And so, yeah, it was really, really nice this year to sort of realize that like, that was, that was like a, that shift had happened for me in terms of like why I go and what I'm looking for. And it was really nice. that just like our camp. Like we had just wound up with like an amazing camp this year with like, um, 20 people that a lot of them didn't really know each other at all beforehand, but like really came together and clicked over the course of the week. And Kareem came by a few times and hung out, which was really fun. And so, yeah, it's been just nice to like observe that shift over the years.
0: Yeah. And I think that that community aspect is something I don't hear people talk about enough when they talk about Burning Man. And I think it, I think that is maybe the factor that can affect your experience more than any other. You know, who you camp with, the friends that you go with, like the the people, your tribe out there, you know, the people that you 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 survive with. Um who like your camp is and like the relationship you can have with them I think can can just massively change your experience, you know. Um I know I know a lot of people who went out and um you know and they they were like maybe a bunch of new burners who are like all just stuck together and form their own camp. And they didn't have someone modeling for them, like, like how to, yeah, how to experience things a little different, like how to open up more, how to be a little sillier out there. And, and because of that, they kind of stayed within their own culture a little bit. They stayed within their bounds. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I also lot hear about a lot of people who go and like, and can feel very lonely out there, which you guys know it can be a very lonely experience. Like the, the place it, it can be, you know, just super isolating. You can feel like you're just on your own in this vast wilderness. Um, and I think without having like a, a strong core tribe that you feel close to, uh, it can just be a very like, like alone and kind of like scary and isolating experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kareem, you've gone with like a different crew every single year, right? Like a, a different camp. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I,
2: I've had different, yeah, I've camped alone. I've camped with like a small group of friends. Uh, This year I camped basically solo. Like I, you know, but I did have an RV, which made it a little easier. Um, (laughs) This was definitely like the, speaking of what you said, Jamin, like this is probably the most, the loneliest year for me Mm. with respect to, I I didn't feel like I had the community I had in years past because the camp that I had been with essentially disbanded. Like everyone, a lot of people just didn't go this year and people were scattered. Um, and I found myself constantly trying to recreate that, uh, but you know it wasn't as fulfilling as as in past burns, where the camp where the camp was really strong and and that really became the focal point of the burn, was just about helping each other. Even you know the mutual hardship I think brings people closer together. Yeah. You, you know, weathering through a dust storm and trying Definitely. to trying to cook dinner and you know keep a shade structure anchored in the ground and you know you're dead tired and you're filling a box truck full of, you know, poles and supplies to drive back to yeah. Reno <laughs> yeah. know, before, before work on Tuesday. There's just a lot. There's a lot that comes with the whole journey yeah, up and down and brings you, brings you tighter with those people. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: The hardship is definitely a key part of it. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Right. And having a tribe to go through that hardship with is like, yeah, like you said, it actually brings you closer. It actually becomes this bonding activity um, and can be something that like, once the burn ends, like the burn is gone, right? Like it won't be back till next year, but like that community you built, those relationships, those bonds you had, those can still exist. And that can I think be a really good way of like actually like, having the burn come back out into your default world experience. Yep. Something you can take with you. Yeah. Agree with that hundred percent. Cool. Well, to switch gears a tiny bit, uh, there's something I wanted to ask you guys, um, what is one thing, you know, you believe about Burning Man that might be a little controversial or surprising to others?
1: Um, interesting. So I I could jump in on that first. And it is sort of like directly connects to what we were just talking about. Um, so I think that like as you're talking about like the a lot of the image of burning man, especially for people that haven't gone or like consuming on social media and, and just like sort of reading mainstream media articles about it. Um, it's just all about the party and the fun and the awesomeness, you know, but, um, one thing that we were just talking about and cream you're talking about with your last burn is like a lot of the event can be, can be pretty difficult and, and really just, there can be a lot of lows out there. I know like Jamin is amazing. something we've we talked about lows on our last episode um, in general, <laughs> but like, Burning Man is not a place that is free from those. I mean, it's it's a city that you live in for a week. So you have the full range of human experience. And, like, it's a very difficult place to live. It's extremely hot. You have to, like, bring in everything for yourself. You have to build your own dwellings and take it. You know, it's, like, it's just hard. And for, for physical reasons and emotional reasons or combination of physical and emotional reasons, yeah, you can just have a lot of down moments. I know, like, I, I've had down burns like i think my second one was like not that great um and you could also i think you're sort of guaranteed almost to have down moments even at a good burn but i guess like the thing i believe that's important that maybe not everyone would agree with or think about is like i think those are a tremendously valuable and important part of the event it's not like it's not like those are getting a in the way of like the party that you're supposed to have mm-hmm. i think like those are those are like just the difficult moments and difficult times and difficult burns. Like when the whole burn is difficult, just like add so much texture and richness and sort of learning and lessons that we just don't get out of like the fun party side of it.
0: Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. 100%. My second burn was horrible. (laughs) And I, and I think there's also something to that. Like when you have, when your first burn can be so amazing, there can be a sophomore slump, right? You have expectations and everything. Um, Yeah. Like it, those expectations can, can be a killer. And, um, yeah, I remember my second burn was incredibly difficult for me and I felt like I was doing it wrong the whole time I would look around and it seemed like everyone else was just having like the most amazing time. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why can't I get into it? Or why, why am I not meeting the right people or having the right experiences? Um, and it was something that looking back on, like, I realized that the difficulties of that burn, like actually, helped clarify a lot of things for me afterwards. Like I think as, you know, as as is true with regular life, you know, the lows in life can really spur change, can really cause you to look at things differently and and interest be more introspective. Um and it's definitely true out on the desert, you know, at the playa as well. Um and yeah, my second burn was a catalyst for me realizing that there were a lot of things in my life that I needed to change that I was looking at Burning Man to kind of be you know, a miracle cure for that it would just mm. salve everything over, and um, and it, it it wasn't, and it couldn't be, and I had to figure that out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Just on the speaking to the topic of lows and low points at Burning Man, one thing I noticed this year, I and mean, one of the principles is immediacy. And and Jamin, you just talked about you know introspection and lows being an opportunity for introspection in in the default world in our regular lives where. I think we, we we bypass those really quickly by just distracting ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you have your phone by your side, full of notifications. You know, or you can turn on your TV and watch something on you know Netflix, or you can even just call someone. And, and you know, if if you're out on the playa and you're in a moment of loneliness, you're kind of forced to either sit there with it and deal with it, or go physically talk to a stranger.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go, just go
2: talk. To, you know, those are your two options. Yeah. <laughs> there's no third option. You don't have, you don't, you don't have that app on your phone that you, you know, I mean, you could, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> counter to the whole point of, of being out there. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that helps, that helps um, reinforce that point and that experience for a lot of people. Yeah. It makes it harder, but it's in that hardness
1: that a there's lot a lot of, lot of learning comes. to be done. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Right. There's not, yeah, you can't distract yourself. The highs will be higher and the lows will be lower for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think one belief I hold about Burning Man, um, that I'd like to share is, okay. So in recent years, there's been a lot of talk about the Burning Man becoming more mainstream and that the culture getting diluted and you're seeing Paris Hilton and celebrities and turnkey camps where basically rich people can just pay a ton of money and like someone will set up a nice camp for them and take care of all their needs. Um, And yeah, I'm not super stoked about these things either. (laughs) Like I, I think I have been noticing, even just in my time, right? Like in the last five years, a dilution of the culture, which by the time I entered longtime burners have said that it's, you know, it was already changing a lot, um, from what it was. But I don't know. My, my take on it, you know, if like a, if a Paris Hilton or Puff Daddy is going to the burn, um, you know, I, I feel like, Look, if there's a chance that even one percent of these celebrities or these Instagram models or whatever actually ends up having a bit of a transformational experience, I think it's worth it, you know, like so you have these CEOs you have these rich people coming, and yeah, maybe they're not participating in exactly the same way that that we'd hope everyone would and and sure, we don't want this to become the norm, but if a few of those people get to taste some of this magic that we're talking about, get to open up more emotionally, right? Get get to be a little introspective, get to change in, in just a little bit. And they can bring that out into the real world. And, um, and, you know, these people are people who have a lot of influence. You know, I think it's worth it, even if 1% of them, right? Um, and again, I like to preface, like, I don't want this to become the norm, but, you know, I know Paris Hilton was at this past burn and she was taking <laughs> pictures the entire time. I hope I hope she had a bit of a transformational experience. I hope she changed even just a little bit and like I think that would be worth it. And and that's I think the power of Burning Man is it's not just about this week in the desert, right? Where it's like this really amazing experience that we don't want to dilute. It's I think in some ways it's more about what happens after when people come back to the default world, what they bring back with them to make the rest of the world that they live in for the other 51 weeks a better place for all of us. Um, so yeah, so I hope, yeah, Paris Hilton, <laughs> I hope you had a transformative time. I hope you had a transformational experience. Yeah. <laughs> Even just a little bit. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a
2: lot of experiences this year, uh, kind of dropping into turnkey camps and they were the most impressive, you know, I'm like, oh wow, if I was camping here, this, this looks awesome. Like super nice. This is a giant air conditioned like palace of a tent (laughs) with furniture inside and a dance floor (laughs) and a and a kitchen staff and accommodations built out. You know I don't know maybe it's between five and ten thousand dollars a person to even get there. You know just to pay for the accommodations, but uh, they become the one. From what I noticed is they were just these like bubbles that were that were so different than the rest of the playa. I mean, sure, everyone's getting dusty and they'll get on their bikes and they'll ride around and they'll have some interactions. But, uh, what I noticed was that for a lot of the time, it was the, the, the vibe there was just didn't feel like burner culture to me. Mm. It felt like an imposition of some other culture, you know, mm-hmm. from some other locale, uh, which was fun, no doubt, and, and impressive and attractive or whatever it was, but it was
1: still, it wasn't that was their burn, you know, yeah. they,
2: they, 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 they transplanted it. And it was a
1: little walled off from the rest, you know? Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah. There's so many threads here. Like I, one thing I feel like I have to say is like, this does intersect with celebrity culture and this is a whole other broader conversation, but like, I feel like part of our celebrity culture is we just love to hate celebrities and they don't get to be like regular people, right? But like when I say like I hope Paris Hilton had like a good transformational (laughs) experience, I really mean it. Like I don't like – she's a person. She's a human being. She has like things that she's struggling with in her life just like everyone else. I have no idea what they are. Like I don't follow her on Instagram. But like I actually hope she had a great experience. And like I feel like that's like not cool to say. It's just cooler to like hate Paris Hilton because like whatever she's – famous and vapid and shallow or something and maybe she is those things but if burning man helps her become less those things if she is them currently like yeah i guess i agree that that's a win i mean i think the danger is like what percentage a like burning man is cracking down on the things like cooking staff and concierge stuff and i think that's a good thing i'm very Mm. like in favor of that i think one question all this is like and I, I don't know the answer. is like, to what extent, like, do people go their first time and have an experience like Kareem was talking about, where they're sort of building their own gated community within the city that's supposed to be very vibrant, connected, and participatory. For the first burn. Yeah, for the yeah. first burn. And yeah. then change over time and then really become more participatory. I mean, there's a... It's worth saying. There's a ton of really, really rich people at Burning Man that add tremendous value to the event because they build things for the public, right? right? Like, they're building incredible art cars, incredible art pieces, and like the... You know they're doing things for the public to enjoy, and then there's people that invest more in their own private experience. And I guess my question, which I can't answer, is like, to what extent do people change over the time because the culture sucks them in, or to what extent are they sort of changing the culture in a way that's that's hurting it for all of us? You know, and probably both are happening. And how do you weigh those two? And, and that seems like it's been
2: an ongoing argument with like old time burners for yeah. a long time. They've, there's always been the complaint that well, Bernie Man's changing, and it's not what it used to be, and. You know, and then, but it, it to this year was someone else's first year, and right. it it was life changing for them. Yeah, you know, it just wasn't
1: as remarkable for someone who's it was their tenth burn. Yeah, right, uh, right. for whatever reason, it's a very individual yeah. experience, which may have been reasons other than just oh, like you know, the culture is changing. There may yeah. have been other things going on there. Yeah, but this is also like this is like what every like if you want to call it like a social movement or sort of niche culture, or whatever. Like these cultures, like Burning Man, always want to change mainstream culture. But to change it, you have to interact with it. And when you you can't interact with it and have it not change you back, right? Right? Like that's the you want to retain your character by being exclusive. But then you're,
2: you know, like that being exclusive is counter to like radical inclusion, right? Which, right, which exactly. is which is like the first principle, you know? Yeah. Of Burning Man. Yeah. So it's this that's paradox. Where the, tension, yeah, yeah. the tension. Yeah, the
0: tension will always lie. Yeah. But um I feel like this this kind of goes into maybe your point Kareem like what is what is something that you find that might be a little controversial or surprising about BM I mean yeah I
2: guess I was kind of alluding to it a little bit like I think Burning Man is constantly evolving and um everyone is has been going everyone goes there to seek something uh, for themselves and I don't know if uh, I used to think I think for a long time, I was like, uh, uh burning man is this like you know one of a kind experience that I'm not gonna get anywhere else, and it, you know it's it this is like this is where it's at and and i for, I think for a couple of years I like, held that belief, but I look back at other points and points in my life or even other people's stories, and it's like no you can you can travel the world and have very similar experiences mm-hmm. you can or, or you can go to another festival, you know, or some some other transformational festival and have a very similar journey. Uh, Burning Man might serve as like the mecca for transformational festivals, but it's not, you know, uh, by any means the only place to achieve this. And and I think a lot of diehard burners will, will argue differently that Burning Man's different. But like, you know, there's a there's an Africa burn. It's a regional burn there. That a lot of people only go to that, and they and they speak highly of that and how that's actually. Mm-hmm. Retained a little more of its character than than um, than Burning Man itself here in Nevada. Um, but I, I think I think it speaks to something broader, which is like, where are we going? The rise of transformational festivals around the world. What does that say about our culture uh, and and us? And what what are we craving? That's kind mm-hmm. of caused this. It, it, when you're out there. It, on the play I think part of the attraction and the allure and the community building is it feels very tribal, right? Mm-hmm. You, you talk yeah. about, you mentioned earlier, like people, you know, attached to their tribes and we, it's, it's a very primitive feeling, which you can't really get in your everyday life, but you really are clinging to a group that you, that you feel you cl- most closely associate with, or you're not, or you feel like you're, you know, you're not with that group. Like, you know, you might just be a lone wolf and that could be a, that, that solitude can be very, um, lonely but um what 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 is it what do people seek at these big festivals and, you know music and drugs are a big part of it right that that seems to be the the consistent theme i think across all transformational festivals mm-hmm. uh, and uh, music maybe historically for humans has always been a connective element you know and th- whether it's dr- you know drums or or even just back to our like early days as humans, I think, I think music's been a central part of that. So I don't think music's going anywhere. And and you could even say that, you know, some element of, of drug use has been used in, you know, ancient times for, for human gatherings um, and
1: connectivity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But right now it's like the, the scale with which it's happening, right? Like it, it does seem like our culture is, is festival hungry and we're seeing more and more of this. Right. And it seems like what we're seeing here is like people want to connect with like all these other people like in person in a tangible way and, and like in huge numbers that I don't think we've ever really experienced before.
2: Well, I think the proliferation of transformational festivals is a result of largely a result of social media. Like recently, Mm -hmm. you've seen a lot of people hearing about or seeing burning man photos on, on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Snapchat. And that's, you know, that might've been what first caught their eye about it or what they saw. And then that, that, and drew more interest um but on a on a larger scale uh are we going are we shifting more towards these transformational festivals with increased human interaction uh on a large scale uh because we're we're becoming more digitized because we're entering this digital era we're Mm. we're, we're you know we're we're more isolated than we, you could argue that human, humanity is more isolated than it's ever. We're more
1: connected, but ironically, like in the more, West, more isolated than yeah. we've ever been. Especially yeah. in big cities, you know, we don't have like a small town. Really there's like less the human, I think there's yeah. less
2: human interaction. We, we have more excuses to, you know, be on our phone than we are. Yeah. Then we have to look face, look someone face to face and have like an authentic human experience. Yeah. Um, so in, in the wake of that, are, is the human side of us craving this, this push towards, um, festival culture in general is—is yeah. is that a part of fe- just standing in a crowd of people, enjoying the music, right? Yeah. And and that feeling of being around a bunch of people
0: and going back back to your your camp and your tribe where you guys cook together and spend time together, debrief on your day's activities, like it does feel like a harkening back to like tribal culture and and I I do feel like we're hungering for that now, right? Like yeah. we have more options than ever available in human history and yet we're missing what the early humans had figured out <laughs> a long time ago. And um and yeah, I think I think that that brings up a really interesting point like I think what we're trying what a lot of us go to Burning Man to feel and to experience I think we can actually find that more and more and build that more and more in our in our actual regular lives. You know, like I talked a lot about how me and Gabe we had this transformational first year experience after that, like the way that we interact, the friend groups that we've, we've helped create and brought closer together, we play with each other in a way that feels a lot to me, like what it's like when we're out in burning man. Um, and I'll also say like, I think, you know, a huge aspect that people I think crave when they're out there, that tribal feel, that community kind of culture. Um, I've like made it kind of a mission to find that in my own experience here, like in San Francisco. And I have found that. And, I, it's pretty amazing. I do feel like my day to day feels a lot more like Burning Man than not, and and part of that I think might might be a reason why like I didn't feel as compelled to go this year is I, I feel like in my day to day life like so much of what I I craved by going to these big festival experiences I have that you know in, in my kitchen in my home and in, in my communities in SF, um, and I think yeah I think we're gonna see more and more people craving these kinds of things and, and finding out that they can have more of this and they can play in these ways and they can connect in these ways in their default lives. Um, and we'll see maybe the lines go down between, you know, regular life and festival life or Burning Man life. You know, the, the walls will just blur more and more between those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I really strongly agree, agree with like the, I think the one of the fundamental premises of going out is like people aren't just going for fun. You know, like it's not just because it's a sweet party. I think it really the the way in which a lot of these things are taking off like indicates like a deeper yearning, and um, you would hope. I mean, I, I think a lot of people go
2: there for fun, yeah, and then find more out of it, yeah, too, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and a, lot a lot of people go there back, for something yeah. deeper, and then have fun. You know, yeah. I think it goes both ways, um,
1: but I think like the like. I, I agree, like, entirely with what you said, I, I agree really strongly with what Jamin said. And I think something you said earlier in some of our conversations that resonated with me is the point about, like, I think the decline of religion, like, I think you also can't, can't think deeply about, like, why this speaks so strongly to us now and why the sort of tribal and community elements of it, like, pulls at so many people to go to festivals like Burning Man. Again, like, per your point, it's not just about Burning Man. Yeah, without thinking, like, I think religion has been present in all of like human existence for people to congregate. Like yeah. it was a
2: place where, you know, we just gathered and like right?
1: plug it's like gave like a, there's a reason it's always been there. It's like fill some sort of human need to like, to look at something bigger than ourselves and all plug into it. And through plugging into that bigger thing, connect to each other in some way. Right. Like it does other things. It's not just that, but that's a part of it. And like, we're living in a time, especially like our generation where we're like, less religious than i don't know like any generation before us it seems and Mm -hmm. and even it's like interesting i looked at the burning man census from last year and only six percent of the people that went last year identified as religious which is a very low number like in america like way more than six percent of people would call themselves religious. i'd probably call myself religious um so um yeah i think it's i think it's definitely some some connection there too with like the there's a loss that I think we've had with like losing religion in society, and then a little bit of a hole. And I think things like Burning Man, these sort of festivals, are in some interesting way maybe helping to to fill that hole a little bit for people. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm curious what like sociologists think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, someone studied this. I'm right? sure oh, someone I'm much sure. smarter than us Yeah. About it. yeah. So, so the main
0: takeaways, you know, just to wrap this conversation up, is that I think Gabe Rose just proclaimed that Burning Man is the new church. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, like the most controversial <laughs> statement possible. Yeah. And his second statement was that Paris Hilton, we're on your side. Guys with feelings loves you. So <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll be getting a lot of a lot of hate mail. Well. <laughs> excited for that.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys for that awesome discussion. Uh, that brings us to the end of our deep dive and on to our super rapid fire quick picks. Uh, if you have any quick picks of your own, please send them to us at guys with feelings at gmail.com and we'll share them here. Anyways, uh, Kareem, as our guest with feelings, do you have a quick pick you'd like to share?
2: Yeah, uh, I've been reading a book uh, about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, it's called "The Age of Cryptocurrency." Uh, it's written by these two Wall Street Journal reporters, uh, and it, if you don't, if you know nothing about Bitcoin, you've maybe just heard about it. It's, I think, it's a good introduction to just that space. It talks about the history of Bitcoin, how it works. And then, and they don't—they're not—they don't, they're not, they don't uh, go too far to hype it up. I think they give a good holistic and critical analysis of of cryptocurrencies and uh, kind of like their potential impact on our future. Um, and they even dive into like, uh, and this this might tie into Burning Man a little bit. We talked about gifting and co- you know commodification, decommodification. Um, he just talks about the theory of money in general and how mm-hmm. it's a belief system, and we don't always think about money that way. Yeah. But I think Bitcoin. Uh, challenges that a little bit for us. It has forced us to reassess. Well, w- what makes a, the dollar valuable, right? It's really just a belief system in the U.S. government, right? Yeah. We we believe that that's what makes the dollar strong, you know. And and, yeah. and um, you can't eat them; they're not like intrinsically <laughs> worth anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And, and and that's what's happened with a lot of cryptocurrencies recently. Uh, bubble or no bubble, wherever you think it's going, there's I, there's a lot of technology there that um is is pretty promising for whether it's you know government regulation or just how how we want to organize information uh in a, in a future society. So it's, I think
1: it's worth reading. It's called The Age of Cryptocurrency. And you think it'd be like a good like primer for someone that's like new, but also deep enough for to be interesting to someone who knows a little bit about yeah. cryptocurrency. Yeah, and
2: it, and it, it gives you historical context on how Bitcoin got created in 2008 in the wake of for the financial crisis. So, so having that background on it, I think helps a lot. Cause a lot of people just heard about Bitcoin, you know, recently in the news, yeah. you know, or, or just because the price spiked and like, yeah. Oh, you can make a lot of money on this. Yeah. If I, man, if I had bought Bitcoin four years ago, I'd be rich right now. It's yeah. like, but it goes way beyond that. I think, I think the, um, and that, and that's where the speculative, in- a lot of the initial speculative interest came from. And then you have this like second wave of just like get rich quick. Yeah. Um, Money, you know, an institutional money that's poured in. Yeah. And we'll see how it plays out. I think it's an interesting conversation. It, interestingly enough, we talked about Burning Man. There's a lot of that decentralization talk on the playa. Mm. Um, it, it, and there's a lot of overlap between Silicon Valley and Burning Man. So I, it's not surprising that there's a whole camp that's just focused on decentralization mm. and they had talks every day oh, that's cool. about decentralized. Yeah. You know, what is Ethereum? What is Bitcoin? What is this? What is that? And just trying to educate uh, people more about, about, um, this new
0: technology. cool Okay. Nice. We'll have to Great check that out. I'm excited for to check sure. it out. Awesome. Gabe, do you have a quick pick for us?
1: Yeah, sure. Um so mine is uh it's most relevant to people who are in the Bay Area or might visit the Bay Area, but uh wanted to give a shout out and a recommendation to uh a new brewery that just opened up in the Bay Area called Armistice Brewing Company. Uh, it's in Richmond, California in the Bay Area and uh, particular connection to the guys with feelings podcast, because actually our first ever guest with feelings, Alex Zobel is the, uh, brewer and co-founder at this Mm -hmm. brewery. She started it with her brother. Uh, it opened about a month ago in Richmond and it's awesome. Like not only is she like one of our closest friends and our first ever guest on the podcast, but, um, (laughs) the beer is also like excellent. They're really, really good brewers. Um, and it's a really an amazing spot to check out. So if you're ever in Richmond or near Richmond in the Bay Area and are interested in checking out an awesome new brewery, um, Armistice is is a really, really sweet place. Highly recommend.
0: Yeah, super cool. And they did an amazing job with the space. It's just beautiful. That's oh, so nice, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Jamie, you want to close this out? Yeah, yeah. So I got, a, I got one last quick pick for y'all. Um, this one's kind of funny, but um, daily stretching. Uh, yeah, so I'm a guy who my entire life – I've just not connected with yoga or I've taken a bunch of yoga classes in my day and it's just, it's just never clicked with me. Um, but, uh, the other day this girl I was dating, you know, we woke up one morning and she was like, Hey, let's, let's just do a little bit of stretching. And I didn't realize it, but she was tricking me into doing a little bit of yoga in the morning. Um, but you know, when you think of it as yoga versus, Oh, let's just do like a few minutes of stretching it was so much more accessible to me the latter way. And I've actually been doing it every day, probably for the last two or three weeks. And it's been awesome. Like just a few minutes, you know, three to five minutes. And I'll just do a few, you know, like downward facing dog. I'll do child's pose, whatever feels good to my body actually, right when I wake up. And it's such a great way to get your day started. Like you just, yeah, you feel like the burn in your muscles and it's kind of like a moving meditation. It's real gentle. Um, my flexibility has gotten so much better, even with just that little amount. And I think the best part is like, it's brought this awareness to my body that, um, and also kind of like this feeling of like, Oh, stretching actually like feels really good. And I'm like, Oh, this is what people who are really into yoga, like always talking about and like, and dig so much and why they're always stretching all over the place. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, I'm like getting into that. And in this very, just easy, gentle way, you know, just a few minutes of stretching in the morning. And uh, I'm also already getting, like, tons of benefits. So, yeah, if you're ever interested, uh, I suggest, you know, giving it a shot. See how, how your body likes it. Awesome.
1: Nice. nice. Yeah, a strong, strong plus one to that one.
0: Cool. All oh, right, well, that brings we us to the end of our Quick Picks and to the end of the show. But before we leave, let's tell the audience where they can keep up with us online. Gabe, where can people find you on the Internet's?
1: Uh, still on Twitter at Gabe Rose, uh, or on my blog post every once in a while, Gabe Um,
0: Jamin, what about you? You can find me at Jamin or on Twitter at Jamin underscore ye. Um, on my website, I've been blogging more lately. I just did a post about what surprised me about living in a 38 person mansion. So if you're interested in hearing more about these crazy communities I'm living in, go check that out. And Kareem, where can people find you?
2: I've, uh, actually spent the last five years kind of trying to remove my online identity. <laughs> so I, I do, I do have, uh, you know, some activity, but a lot of it's like, I just protect it. I just close it to followers. I, I am uh public on SoundCloud. You can find yeah. Find on, some mixes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess amateur mixes on SoundCloud. Uh, what? What's, so your SoundCloud? what's your SoundCloud name? Uh, Team Kareem. All one word just together. Yeah.
0: Team awesome. Kareem. Great. Well, that's the end of our show. You can find all episodes of Guys with Feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast by Broke for Free. And if you're feeling generous, leave us a little review. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. Until next month, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you next month.